But thank you all for being here today. We appreciate your presence with us. We are coming to the close of a four-part message series that we are calling Everything is Awesome. Almost. Everything is Awesome. And um, I'll be glad to be done this series because that song has been stuck in my head for like four weeks now. Um, I'm not the only one apparently, right? Uh, Yes, but the whole point of this series is we're trying to focus on the awesome because there is a whole lot of awesome going on in this world, all right? Maybe it's not in the news. Maybe it's not being talked about, but there is awesomeness. God is still at work. God is alive and well, and good things are happening. And so we're trying to find these things, try to celebrate these things, and we have this theme verse. We can pop it up on the screen there. And we talked about this our first week, this, this passage um, that Paul is writing in the book of Philippians. And he tells us these good things, and he's writing to us from prison, and he's telling us to rejoice, and he's telling us to be glad, and he's telling us to pray. And he says here, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true... Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so we've been trying to hold on to these awesome things, getting into this discipline of focusing on the good, focusing on the awesome. Now, I feel like we need to have a little bit of real talk this morning, a little bit of sincerity, a little bit of honesty. Are you ready for some real talk? I know it's like early on a Sunday morning. Um, we were doing this series, this was supposed to be easy, let me just say that. This was supposed to be an easy message series. This was supposed to be a little bit lighter. Those of you who have been part of Hope for a while, you know that we deal with some pretty tough stuff here, don't we? We talk about real stuff, we talk about messy stuff, we talk about life stuff because life is messy and difficult. And so we talk about big issues. And I just felt like we need a little bit of a break. We need to talk about something easier, something lighter. And this was supposed to be a break for you all. But honestly, it was supposed to be a break for me, too. He's <laughs> like, I need to talk about something fun. I need to talk about something positive. I need to talk about something uplifting. But I tell you what, this has been a tremendous challenge for me. This whole thing backfired in my face. This is supposed to be easy. But this has been a huge challenge for me. Starting with week one. You can see on the back of your bulletin this little reminder of where we've been so far in this series. And we started this out with the message, look on the bright side. And you can go on to our website if you missed any of these, hopeccdelco.com, and listen to these messages. But we started out with this, this you know, kind of call to try and focus on the bright side. And so I was preparing for that message over the course of the week, saying, okay, we got to do this, and I'm going to challenge people to look on the bright side, and this is supposed to be an easy thing, and this is supposed to be an easy discipline to pick up. But for me, it hasn't been easy. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I'm trying really hard to focus on the good, but it's a struggle. And so when those positive things happen throughout the day, when my kids are behaving themselves or when somebody comes up, oh, give me a hug. I'm trying to hold on to those things. But this has been a big challenge for me. Maybe it's just the way I'm wired. Maybe it's been easier for you. And if it is, fantastic. But I had to stand up here on that first Sunday of this series and say, hey, let's all focus on the good. On the inside, I'm thinking, this is a real challenge for me. I don't know. Does that make me some kind of hypocrite? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I'm just being sincere. This has been tough. And so that second week, ooh, that was a tough message. Those of you who are here for that one, you are awesome. Do you remember that one? You are awesome. And you all came in here and I told you how awesome you are. It had nothing to do with flattery. It has everything to do about what the Bible says about you and who you are. You were made in God's image. You were created on purpose. God built a, a purpose into your life. He created you for a reason. He looked at the world and said, this world needs you right now, right there. He made you. You are awesome. That was a, I thought that was going to be easy. I thought that was going to be an easy message. But you all sat there and looked at me like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. 
Now, it is true you are awesome, but that can be very tough to receive that message. It can be very tough to embrace that reality. Maybe you can read the scripture, and maybe you believe the Bible, and maybe you can say a kind of logical level, okay, I'm awesome, but do you feel it? Do you feel awesome? It's tough. It's really tough. And on that Sunday, I had to stand up in front of you all and say, yes, embrace it, embrace it, embrace it, embrace the fact that you are awesome. Meanwhile, I'm like, I can't embrace that. In the meantime, I really struggle with that on the inside. I struggle with that for the same reason that so many of you struggle with that, because I'm with me (laughs) 24-7. And I see the ugly side, and I know the dark side, and I see where I lose my temper, or I see where I lose my patience, or I know my inner thoughts, and I think, okay, I'm not really awesome. I know what the Bible says, but uh." And so I struggle to embrace the reality of this truth just like so many of you do, okay? And we can, all, we can make jokes about being arrogant, proud, or walking around. But you know what? On the inside, when you're really faced with the reality that God made you, that God built you, it's like, wow, it's a little bit overwhelming. We just feel like, am I, uh, am I awesome? <laughs> it's tough to embrace that reality. And then last Sunday, I talked to you about how God is awesome. God is awesome. God is awesome. And that's just the thing. And that's the thing that Christians say. It's the thing that pastors say. And it's a phrase. And I know like as a title of a message is a little bit cheesy. It's a little bit corny. But it's true. God is awesome. And remember last Sunday we talked about some of the things that make God awesome. We talked about, oh yeah, he created everything. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, he's sovereign. He has all things in his hands. That's pretty awesome. I talked to you about the wisdom of God. That's something that really impresses me. I think God's awesome because he's wise. He's knowledgeable. He doesn't need to research. He just knows. Everybody else has opinions. God has fact he knows and that makes God awesome and so I stood up before you last Sunday saying isn't God awesome and that was a challenge I believe it I know it I trust it but when I say to you that God is awesome I don't want you to think that that I completely get God or like I get God I understand him I've got it all figured I, I don't I don't, and there are some things that God has said in his word, things that, that God has done in the past and things that God does in the presence that I just don't get. In fact, sometimes I just don't even agree with. I'm like, God, why are you doing that? Why didn't you intervene there? Why didn't you stop that? I don't get God a lot of the time. There's some honesty from your pastor. <laughs> if you think I got it all figured out, I don't. I mean, maybe go to some other church where there's another pastor who's got it all figured out, but it, you're not going to find that here with me. Sorry. You know, I, I really struggle with one thing in particular, and I talk to Holly about this a lot when it comes to trying to understand God and, and seeing how God works and how he answers some prayers a certain way that you want to see answered, and then other times he doesn't. And, you know, for me, when I see sick kids, that really, it strikes a chord in me that's it's just, it's difficult. It's really difficult. When there's a child with a serious illness or a serious disability, and I see that, and I just think, God, Really? You know, just the other week, oh, I get emotional just thinking about it. Man, whew. Just the other week, I was dropping Lily off at school in the car line, and the car in front of us, a little girl got out of the car, precious, precious little child of God gets out of the car with her leg braces on, and she's got that special need, and the special need teacher comes out and takes her in, and I'm just like, I'm tearing up, dropping my kid off at school, and I, I leave Lily, you know, Lily gets out of the car, and she goes with her teacher, and I'm driving away, and I just say, really, God? Really, God, for some reason, it's kids, you know? Like, I can see adults go through all kinds of stuff. It doesn't quite affect me the same way. But for some reason, like, kids, really? And so, yes, God is awesome, but I don't get him. I don't get the complexity of all of his ways. I think I, I know what's important to him. I think I know what's, what, what he's passionate about, but there are some things about God that I don't get, and I just want you to know that. And that's a wonderful thing about having a God. You don't have to get him. <laughs> 
You don't have to be comfortable with everything that Scripture says in order for it to be true. Your comfort is not required. Just know that. And so there's a lot of things that this Bible says, a lot of things that are said in God's Word that I love, that I cling to, and there are other things I'm like, oh, I wish that wasn't so, but it is what it is. God, you're God and I'm not. (laughs) That's what it means to have a God and a Lord. And so this has been such, I thought this was supposed to be easy. This has been such a difficult series for me. This was supposed to be easy, supposed to be light. And then you can see in your bulletin what, what today's message is called, You Are Loved. And what this message was supposed to be about, I was supposed to stand up before you and tell you how much God loves you and how he's done so many things for you and encourage you to embrace that love and accept it and live out of that place of love. Like, how am I going to deliver that message today? Well, I'm struggling with this very thing. I know, I know, I trust, I know, I believe on a logical level, on an educational level, on an intelligence level, that God loves me. Do I always feel it? Do I always live out of that place? No. I struggle with that. And so I thought to myself, this was last week, I thought, you know, I can't, I can't stand up before this group of people like, you know, kind of a spiritual mess. I got to get something sorted out inside of me. And so I met with one of my Christian brothers in the faith, right? When you're having a faith issue, when you're having a spiritual issue, reach out to somebody else in the faith. That's what I encourage you to do. And so that's what I did. And I actually, I met with my pastor and I talked to him about this. I said, man, we're doing this series. We're supposed to focus on this good stuff. I said, I'm supposed to stand up next Sunday and tell everybody about how much God loves them and encourage them to live out of this place. But I'm struggling to feel it. I'm struggling to live out of that. And so he said to me, he said, you know, I struggle with that too, which was a great relief to hear, by the way. <laughs> Those going to say, well, I don't struggle. I know I'm loved by God. No, he didn't say that. He said, I struggle with that too. And so we talked about it for a while. We talked about some of the things, some of the reasons why we struggle to embrace the reality that God loves us, to accept that love, how sometimes we put up that wall and let the love of God kind of bounce off of us. It's overwhelming. There are all kinds of reasons why we have a difficult time accepting that love. But so many of those reasons have to do with the other relationships in our lives. You know, our reference point for what love is is based on what we've received from some other human being. And here's what we know about human beings. We're broken. We're flawed. You know, a lot of times you talk about God as Father and being our Father. And for so many people, if they have a, a kind of a, a messy relationship with your human father, with your earthly father, that can impact the way you think about God. But even if you have a great dad and a wonderful father, a wonderful earthly father, he's still not perfect, right? He's still not God, Right? And so when there's like a little bit of a, a, a something off there, or, or really the other relationships in your life where you're supposed to be receiving love, relationships with your parents, relationships with your siblings, or relationships with your kids, or where there's like something that's not quite right in their brand of love, do you know what I mean by that? If you experience love in a way that's just not unconditional, it's not perfect, and then we think about God loving us, and it's like, well, the only reference point I have for love is kind of icky. And so we just, it's tough to receive that love it can be tough to receive that love of God. And so I shared this. Again, I'm having this conversation with my pastor, and he, he, told, me, he told me a story. He said that not too long ago, he was in a worship service, and they were, um, they were singing the song, Good, Good Father, that we have sung here before and that we're going to sing today um, to close out our service. 
And he said, as they were singing this song, you know, normally he's one of these guys, and, you know, during the music time, he kind of sways or sometimes puts his hands up. You know, he's one of those guys. Um, which is great, by the way. I love that. I love that, right? <laughs> I love that. I love to see that. I do it sometimes, too, but I'm in the back, so you can't see me. But that's good. He's one of those guys, and you should be, and that's fantastic to be one of those guys. But he said, as they were singing that song, he just felt like something wash over him. Like the Spirit of God said, stop. Be still. And in that song that we've sung before, in that song we sing the words, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. You know, sometimes we sing these songs, this is true of Christian songs, it's true of worship songs, it's true of songs, it's true of music. If, you know, when you have that refrain, when you have that repetition, it's usually intentional, Right? It's usually the artist is trying to communicate something. No, I need you to get this. I need you to get this. I need you to get this. And in that song, we sing the guy, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. God being our good and perfect father, it's not just something about him. It's not one attribute of who he is. It is the entirety of who he is. Look at how God relates to humankind throughout the entirety of Scripture. It's all about being our good, good father. Now, my pastor was sharing this story of how I was listening to the words of this song, and he just stopped singing. He just stood there and listened, and he felt as if God was saying to him, listen, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. I'm your good, good father. That's who I am. Wow. When you think about the love that God has for us. It's overwhelming. You know, David stood up here today and read this scripture passage for us, and I was just like, I can't even hear these words. This is, this is amazing. When you think about God's love for us and the unconditional nature of God's love for us, take a look at, take a look at that passage that's in your bulletin. I want to read a little bit more for you, okay? We just had a couple of verses there in the bulletin. I want to read some more to you from Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> and this is Paul writing... He was writing about a lot of things to the church in Rome, and um, they were dealing with persecution, they were dealing with hardship, they were dealing with all this trouble, and, and so he's writing to them. I'm going to read for, from uh, chapter 8, starting with verse 31. He's talking about all this trouble, and then he says in verse 31, well, what, sh- what then shall we say in response to these things, in response to all this nonsense of life, in response to all this persecution, in response to all the things that you're going through? What shall we say in response to us? If God is for us, who can be against us? It's a rhetorical question. If God is for us, who can be against us? He, and this is who God is, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who can bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's praying for us. He's petitioning to God the Father for us. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of God? What's going to separate us from that love? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or sword... 
As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And Paul there, he's referring to the book of Psalms and a passage that was written there talking about the reality, the harshness of this life. What's going to separate us? Any of these bad things? Verse 37, no. None of these things, no. In all these things, in all these realities of life, in all these struggles, in all the pain, in whatever's going on, no, in all these things, whatever you've done in the past, whatever you did last night, whatever you think today, whatever's going to happen in the future, in all these things, we are conquerors. No, not just conquerors. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. I love that, Paul. We're not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that there's nothing, neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation that will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He is our good, good Father. You don't have to get him. (laughs) You don't have to understand him in all of his complexity. I mean, who does? But he loves us. He loves us. You know, (laughs) just the topic of love is something that can can make all of us squirm. Maybe the guys more than the ladies, but we squirm. Oh, we're talking about love again. But it's true. God, God loves us. 1 John, let me read this. 1 John 3, first part of verse 16. This is how we know what love is, Okay. This is how we know what love is. And so this was John. He was writing to a group of Christians and he was talking about the importance of being able to receive God's love and being instruments of love and being able to love one another. And so he's writing about all these things. He's like, well, well hang on. Let me back up a second and let me, know, let me tell you what love actually is. What's that song? I want to know what love is. You know that song? I want you to show me. And John's like, here you go. I'll show you. <clears throat> this is how we know what love is. It's a hug and a kiss and a flowers and a chocolate and a thing. No. It's not that. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's it. You want to know what love is? Love is fierce. It is courageous. It is heroic. It is sacrificial. That's what love is. You know, when I was uh, maybe third grade, maybe fourth grade, I was in a Sunday school class because... My parents made me go to Sunday school and have a choice. Anyway, they gave you these little handouts um, as you would leave and kind of looked like a comic book and then sometimes it was a little poster or whatever. And there was a picture. And I tried to find it on Google. I'm like, it's the internet. You can find it. I couldn't find it. It was this picture. It was like a cartoon drawing, but it was really, really powerful. It was cool. And it was the voice of God coming from heaven, coming down from heaven saying, I love you to a young man who was sitting on the ground. So God says, I love you. The young man looks up and says, Really? In the background, there's Jesus on the cross saying, really? Really? He's our good, good father. It's who he is. And he really does love us. If you don't feel worthy of that love, so what? You don't have to feel worthy of it to receive it. (laughs) It's not about that. It's not about being worthy of it. God does love us. You know, one of the things that I heard growing up somewhere along the way, people talk about the Bible and come up with little funny things about, here's what the Bible is, and 
Now, I've heard this multiple times. Maybe you've heard this too. That the Bible is God's love letter to us. Have you heard that before? Did you ever hear a Christian say that? The Bible is God's love letter to us. You know, every time I heard that coming up through church, I'm thinking, this is why men don't like going to church. Come on. You're telling me this is a love letter? This is more than a love letter. This is like a battle plan. These are instructions for a mission, right? And that's what this is. But it's also a love letter. It really is. This is God saying, I love you this much. I'm going to die for you. There's nothing I'd hold back from you. I'm going to show you how to live. I love you because I am your good, good father. It's who I am. And so friends, I'm just going to encourage you to stop fighting, to stop pushing back against that. Whatever wall you're building, whatever, I'm just sharing my own experience. I build up these walls, I push back. I just got to stop pushing back against the love of God so that we're able to receive it. It's not about who you are, it's about who he is. And he is our good, good father. We're going to close today by singing that song. And I want to invite you today as we're singing that song, you can do the normal thing. You can stand up and sing out like you always do. Or you can stand and just just listen. Or you can sit and just listen. Listen to these words and know that God loves you. God loves you. No amount of sin, no amount of wrongdoing, no amount of mess is going to stop God from loving me. And that's true of all of us. God loves you. Let's pray. Father God, we know that so many of us in this room, we know, we know that you love us. We have this intellectual understanding. We, we may even have it as a belief. We believe this. But Father, today I'm going to ask you to tear down walls. You know, so many of us, myself included, we put up these walls around our hearts and I just pray that you would tear them down so that we would be able to receive that love. Father God, we want to be able to live out of that place of being loved. We want to be able to to say to you, God, this is who I am. I am loved by you. It's who I am. And so, Father God, tear down those walls and allow us to receive your great, great love. In Jesus' name, amen.